Bing bong, Future Punkin here with uh, an apologetic intro. I'm very sorry to say this, but unfortunately we faced some technical difficulties while recording this review. For some reason, the uh, recording software, after a very successful sound check, decided to switch over from uh, picking up our regular mics and the mixer to uh, <laughs> resorting to my Mac's built-in mic instead. And, uh, and unfortunately that mic simply just won't cut it. The consequence of that is that the, the audio quality of this review, at times, it may resemble that of, let's say, a 1970s glam rock bootleg, <laughs> uh, which is not great, obviously, and I'm very sorry to, to have to tell you this podcast lands. Some of what we recorded simply wasn't picked up at all, and as for the rest, I give you my, my word as a gentleman, I've done my very best to punch up and boost for your eager earballs. I think you can still listen to it, and I hope that you will still enjoy it. It's just the audio quality that is somewhat lacking. The bootleg quality will last pretty much up until and including our own ratings of this serial. From that point on, I'm going to be jumping back in and future ponkening the rest. Once again, sorry. Uh, Okie dokie, without further ado, here is today's classic review. Cha ciao and bing bong. This is the one with Daffodils, a young Nigel Farage, a carnivorous armchair, a ham-fisted bunbender, another ethnic brute, the master, and fucking clowns. It's called Terror of the Autons. Here we go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Dalek Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS, we're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and read on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back Hello, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land, and welcome to yet another fantastic episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. I don't understand the reluctance to say <laughs> what is so evidently true. Uh, I am Ponkin, and with me in the studio today, I have Nick. Hello, Nick. Hey, how you doing, Podcast Land? How are you doing, Nick? Yeah, good. This is a mercifully short and pithy and punchy serial, so I'm, I've got all the energy and the verve with not having been zapped for four hours. Good. Well, <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> That's the kind of uh, go-getter yeah. attitude we like here at Who Back When. I'm great, by the way, thanks for asking. Uh, <laughs> today we are taking a look at Terror of the Autons. That's right, the Autons have returned. Hey. With a friend. <laughs> I mean, not like, you know. Yeah, yeah it's the return of uh, two classic foes. As the, in the, classic, as in epic, as in, yeah. you know... Uh, the return? Yes. No, this is the first... Oh, sorry, yes, of course. What are you talking about? Oh, shit, I'm Friends sorry. This yeah. is this the first one? This is Was the it, first monster. Do you know what fucked me up about then, George? We'll get into it. And spoiler alert, I'm sorry, I'm several episodes ahead. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Fucking up my timeline. I know. <laughs> fucking up my own as well. What were we going to say? Well, I was going to say things that hurt. Okay. Well, I think we should jump straight in then to the bite-side chunk of who... All right, fine. Fine. Let's do that. <laughs> Time for us to synopsize, clarify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free-for-all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Enter the master. In search of the last nesting unit pod thingy that Pertwee Doctor left in unit's care at the end of the epochal spearhead from space. Pertwee, meanwhile, has a new companion in definitely not Doctor, Joe Grant. 
Now, Doctor and Cole try to fend off a master-led Nestine invasion, and hilarity ensues. Beast go over, you are welcome. <laughs> Sorry, that was a quick right. one. That's okay. Um, so, I'm going to go straight in with... Do you want to talk about the master, is that it? I want to talk about the master. Okay. Because, what, settle down real quick, and podcast land, for me, it's a, probably about a fortnight between. Okay. So far, I've been doing the classics, and then last week, so I watched the New Who, along with the New Who reviews. Go check out Drew and Marie on the latest turn left. Oh, yeah. Um, but so, so sometimes I feel like I've missed things. Well, I haven't. Everything's in, in sequence, and we're doing it in the right, proper way. Yeah. But I want to settle down to watch this, and it opens with the, the TARDIS, the Master's TARDIS, materialising the horse box, and the Master stepping out, who I know by sight. I know that's the Master. Yeah. But it has no lead-in, no backstory, no, like, pomp and circumstance and introduction. There he is. I'm like, have I missed an episode? Am I, have, I, have I clicked on the wrong fucking link or whatever? Like... Am I some point in the future? He's just there, being masterful. And that was awesome. That's super brave, I think. If you, as a choice of a writer, because you've got this, if you want him to be your fucking Moriarty, like sometimes, like the new Hugh, who writers would build him in. There'll be little whispers in different yeah. episodes, and then you'd finally get. But to then again, him. wait, hang on. Would they really? Because we've only, I mean, yes, we have had the master whispers mm. in New Who, but that's because it was uh, the reintroduction of. This character. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, if they were to create something new... Oh, there would be a massive preamble. Absolutely. There would be whisperings of uh, maybe bees disappearing for about a season, and then we would get whatever it is. Exactly, which is fine and has its place. Sure. But, like, I love that punchy, gritted 70s go, boom! Yeah, in your (laughs) face, master. Master. (laughs) He is like the anti-doctor. Yeah. Okay, but so here's the thing. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, you've probably listened to the review, but I don't know if you've seen the uh, the serial. There is an episode, sorry, a serial with William Hartnell called The Time Meddler. And this that, is where you surmise that there might be a master. Uh, no, it, it features another Time Lord yeah. uh, called the Meddling Monk, the Monk, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. So we have the Doctor, we have the Master, we have the Monk, and this is. The way that we get the master now being a, a callback to the, the guy that we meet for the first time in um, Terror of the Autons, or T of the A. <laughs> Terror. It's not as sexy, but yeah, we <laughs> could go with that. This guy here is a callback, I feel, to the monk. Because right. this is like, oh, let's do the monk, but let's turn him up to 11. I mean, this guy is flamboyant like a Bond villain, and he's got his awesome beard and every... Oh. He actually has good evil beard. Pointy beards are evil, right? Yeah. yeah, and also, I mean, there's black and white in uh, there. It yeah. re- oh man, he rocked it. I love this guy. Yeah, I love too. this guy. Too. He's also tanned in the wrong way. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got an <laughs> evil tan. On. Wow. I, I'm not for me. Wow, we went we went racist very the, quickly there. The <laughs> Uh, I'm just saying that they 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 love to give a a, a shifty, pointy head gentleman a, a, a tan to be like he's very. <laughs> <laughs> Dark, mysterious. Thing. Did you like the the truck shaped TARDIS or the horse box shaped TARDIS? Not even. Wait, it's is a it a horse box? box. It's a okay. horse box. A horse box being a fan that you can't. Have. Yeah, yeah. Barbaric. But oh, not at all. Like zero percent. How did you feel about? It? I was oddly okay with it, mainly in the sense of oh wow, we get to see a TARDIS that looks different. Oh, see, I, I got around it. I was like, I really hope this isn't the Master's TARDIS in perpetuity. Yeah. Because what the fuck does a horse box have to do with anything, you know, evil? Yeah. 
But I assumed this is what a TARDIS looks like. It's meant to do this. When it, when it is operational. Yeah, exactly. So it's gone to the circus, the fairground, and it's in a horse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But still, I'd like to see. In, um, oh, how many, t- turn this into a drinking game, how many times have we referred to uh, this particular serial? In The Chase, the meddling monk returns, and we get to see the, the doctor tinker with the meddling monks, Tardis's um, chameleon secretary, and we get to see it go through all these different iterations, and there's like a, um, I feel like there's a horse and carriage, there's a tank, there's a motorbike, I think, at one point, like all these different things. And again, this is it, except now it's in, you know, full color. And they actually, you know, you see people go in and out of it. Well, yeah. you, at the very least, you see the doctor go in. I really wanted to go in and see us in it. Yeah, I know, really me too. Oh, so, really? When, when the motherfucker goes in to get the circuit bullshit, whatever, the dematerializing. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, the the Vector, capacitor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, when he goes in, I'm like, we're going in. Yeah. We're, we're going, going in. Because we do get to see the interior of the monk's TARDIS. Um, and it is, it looks pretty much the same, but it is meant to be a more advanced TARDIS. This presumably is also a more, actually he says it is a more advanced well, TARDIS. He says that the circuit bullshit, the dematerializing... It's not backwards master, compatible. Is, yeah, yeah, it's a Mark II rather than a Mark I. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I think possibly that Monks is a Mark II as well. Interesting. See, we, we're getting some references here. I like that. Yeah. How do you feel about a horse box suddenly materializing next to a circus... And some dude just looking at it and going, shrug. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, he goes, he, he looks at it and goes, better go see, that's it. About, rather, rather than like freaking out that yeah. things can materialize or dematerialize. I, I don't remember exactly. anyone paying rent for that patch of land. <laughs> we only have three horse boxes. Four elephants. <laughs> and none of them <laughs> materializes. How much do they have to pay for the elephant extras? <laughs> or the lion? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, or the uh, <laughs> the man of colour who's dressed as a caveman. Yeah. We have yet another mute fucking... Oh, like a blackberry. Uh, yeah, I mean, but he's wearing a, a lion, no, leopard skin, and is literally just the muscle. And he's not even meant to be the kind-hearted muscle. He's even a shit to his even shittier boss, you know? But... Ugh. Anyway, the, sorry, well, so this is, transition this, to that. This is the 70s, so, like, other mute broods have either yeah. happened in some weird distant future or, or distant past. Yeah. Whereas this is the 70s. That dude can just speak. <laughs> he can just talk. <laughs> yeah. It's the 70s. Does he not talk? We had this conversation before we pressed record, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, really does he not talk? doesn't talk. Okay, I feel I like he that. does. I feel like when, when they've got Pertwee in in the caravan, and he, as in, it's just Pertwee and this dude, I, I feel like at some point he says, like, sit there, shut up, I'm going to drink the boss's booze. Oh, I can't remember. Tony don't talk much, but he's strong. Anyway, okay. How do we feel about the circus? Oh, I'm not fucking... I hate that. I hate the circus. The circus, it, play, it has absolutely no function in this whatsoever. Zero function. It is an excuse to have a strong man. That's yeah. the only thing. But you don't, you don't need that. I mean, you, you, this could be any dude. Any dude with biceps would do. Any dude. I reckon there was a circus in town. <laughs> and they were like, do you know, be wicked if we got some shots of some elephants and lions and yeah. shit. Wouldn't that be great? How many lions By the way, are in no. that fucking cage? Yeah, lo- loads of lions. I-, I hated the bits where you actually see someone whip elephants to do tricks. Yeah. And fucking clowns. Oh. 
talked about this on Who Back When before. All right. Okay. Hate them. Okay. Hate them. Play along podcast land with this. Mm. So, tonight, you've got to go to bed with, not sleep with, you have to go to bed, sleep next to. Okay. One of the clowns. Okay. In the, in the start of this serial. Yeah. Or one of the giant headed Auton giving out <laughs> daffodils that end the serial. Auton. Auton. A hundred percent Auton. That's how much <laughs> I hate clowns. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, mystery third option, Shag, Marry, Kill, right? <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, no, that's much better. The weird little doll as well as a third option. Okay, I mean, damn it, probably kill the clown. Kill the clown. <laughs> <laughs> kill the clown, uh, I guess, I guess, uh, I mean, only because I, 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 I don't want to fuck this little doll because that seems pedophilic in some weird way, so, like, I guess marry the... But marrying it. Marry right? it, yes, I guess. <laughs> marry it in no way. Dude, there are so many unhappy marriages in the world. Like, uh, how many... Can you imagine yeah. the wedding photos? <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? He'd be standing on a little pedestal, just, like, ready to pounce. <laughs> and I'd stand next to him, and in the background, you would see my mistress, the huge-headed Auton. <laughs> <laughs> Whom in this scenario I am shagging. <laughs> it's all crying oil. Imagine how great a like that thing must be a great head. <laughs> you were so excited about that. I know. I was so happy. You're so excited about the punchline. I, I skipped a preposition. I had to go back. <laughs> Alright, okay, okay, okay. It was it was full bullshit. Can we can we talk about the master's plot though? You didn't want to go for master's plan? The master plan? No? Okay. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, let's think let's talk about the master plan. That's way better. Uh, and don't worry, I won't I won't cut you out. <laughs> Podcast Land will know that you had that idea. Okay, so... <laughs> from the get-go, this dude, the master, he knows that there is a nesting pod on Earth. How? Because he's pre-talked to the nesting? He's had a chat to the nesting? Has he, though? I, I, I don't feel that he has. I feel like he hasn't... He has in no way communicated <laughs> with the nesting. At all. Maybe... I was about to say, maybe he knows this because of the Time Lords, because they know everything the Doctor done, but they don't know the spearhead in space. They know everything the Doctor did prior to that with Troughton, and his sentence was to stay on Earth. Do you know what I'm saying? That does make sense, but... Sorry, counter, 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 counter. uh, We do get a Time Lord just, like, materialise sans TARDIS, and uh, have a nice chatteroon with the Doctor, and very clearly point out, oh yeah... We're talking about the master. Like, it's your old friend. I mean, he's incredibly clever. Maybe he's figured out some sort of sensor. Okay. So, all right. So the the plan is he is going to go to Earth. Check. He's going to steal the uh, nesting gonad. Check. Mm. He's going (laughs) to hardwire said gonad into a radio telescope. Check. And then he's going to send a signal to the nesting consciousness somewhere in in space, Mm. in outer space, to say, come here, guys. You can take over this place. So it seems to me like the nesting were already doing this in Spearhead from Space. Like, you know, uh, autonomously, <laughs> and he wasn't needed. But also, he hasn't thought this through at all. I mean, he just goes, well, I mean, I figured since they get the call from me, they're going to spare me. That's pretty much what he says. Exactly. So you're saying that the motivation is weak because 
being spared. You were already being spared. <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to sacrifice the Earth. Is he? I mean, is he? Is he? Ho- what is he hoping for? Is he hoping to rule the Earth alongside the the Autons? So whether I filled in my own gaps because the writing didn't accommodate this. Yeah, my thought was that he had a prearranged agreement. I don't think he does. Well, he does. He can't. He either either that is true, and what the Doctor says to him right at the end that why would they spare you? Isn't yeah. or he doesn't. And none of this makes any fucking sense at all. Like, literally, why is he doing this? Why? Yeah. I mean, if he had had a conversation with the Nestian beforehand, surely he could just have said, that's where the Earth is. And he wouldn't need to steal a gonad and plug it into a radio telescope. And the, the, the doctor says, you know, they won't be able to distinguish between you and... True. Can the Nestine consciousness have a conversation? Uh, I guess. They do, actually. No, the Auton. Yeah, and the truck. They go, oh, we are leaving now. We must go. Yeah, yeah. Um, running out of time as well. Okay, so what about all the different ways in which the Master is going to achieve this? He has made huge-headed Autons who are going to distribute killer daffodils. Yeah, just stop you, stop you right there, stop you right there. If, yeah. and again, play at home, yeah. play at home. If a man in what you assume to be a giant fiberglass head wanders yeah. up to you and tries to give you... A plastic? A, a plastic daffodil. Yeah. Are you going to have it at home? Even if you pick one, even if you're the type of person that needs all the free shit. Yeah. Do you think the person next to you, your friend, your partner, your mum, your dad, your, you know, are also all going to take gleefully, gleefully take one? You might shift two or three of those on a good day on a high street. Why is everyone going mad for these fucking... What is up with the 70s that you need to fight plas- Plastic daffodils. They, 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 I mean, dude, people go nuts for plastic daffodils. Have you never had a plastic daffodil? You can get these in plastic now. What the fuck are we doing with them? <laughs> okay, episode over, guys. We're going to go out and get ourselves some of these plastic daffodils. No, I mean, okay, so that's number one. Number two, he has, he's engineered a carnivorous armchair, an inflatable armchair that eats people. Because that was such the derogueur in the 60s, inflatable up like chairs, furniture. Yeah. And made a big comeback in the 2000s. Yeah. I'm sure everyone owned an inflatable chair. And just <laughs> watching that on script, like, this is ah, so Doctor Who. It's so <laughs> satisfying. But not just that. Okay, so lots of people in the 70s had this. This was, I mean, it, it, maybe not... I, let's not go so far as to say it's like it's common technology because it's not. It doesn't even qualify as technology. It's just like, oh wow. I mean, it's a beach ball that's chair shaped. Even if you've never seen one of these, it's not going to blow your mind. I mean, but it's treated in this episode or in the serial as though it's like, the guy goes, "That's amazing." We're going to be millionaires. <laughs> Plastics were um, were still pretty space age. Yeah, it hasn't been that long ago but, since plastic, like. Okay, but the thing is, they, the production crew didn't they didn't make this for this that episode. Man. They they sent out an intern to buy one of these. And like just like take a moment to picture this happening. Like an intern goes somewhere I to mean, a shop. They didn't, buys, have, they didn't have interns, they actually paid people. Fine. So they paid someone <laughs> to go they're like, Hey Jimmy, Jimmy, go and go and buy an inflatable armchair. <laughs> Jimmy goes into a shop, he gets one of these armchairs, he goes like, Can I have a receipt please? Because the BBC is gonna reimburse me for this. They're like, wait, the BBC? The BBC is gonna feature my armchair on TV. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be the most famous inflatable armchair salesman in all of London. I'm like, what is it going to... Who's going to sit in it? Is is James Bond going to sit in it? No. It's going to be a fucking carnivorous armchair. So what colour do you want? We've got orange and silver. Make it black. (laughs) I like 
like Jimmy. We're going to have to refer to Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy the BBC intern. <laughs> what day? <laughs> Why is Christmas Day? Jimmy, I gave you one job. One job. Anyway, okay. Let's yeah. get into that. Uh, okay. So, yeah. That's a, that's another part of the master plan, anyway. That goes nowhere, so, so by the way. So literally... What does he want? Well, there's still another part of his master plan. Uh, yeah, okay, it's part, but what does he want? Wait, no, there's another part of this. Gone. He has manufactured... And he hasn't just manufactured one. He has made, presumably, thousands upon thousands of little demon dolls that will... That, that kill people when when they get hot. No, no, just the one. Just the one? Just the one for the dude. So why did he... Why did he... Wait, What? Because the daffodils do the others. So all the other killing happens by the daffodils. The evil doll is just one doll. So he has he made, made a mould and everything. Well, no, he made the doll and threw it into the car. So the guy took it home. So eventually one day he'd be killed. The, the sort of, um, you know, the, the, the father, the head of the company. Yeah. What I don't understand is, why do you make one of these? Why, why make a doll in the first place? Why don't make a rose or whatever the fuck you guys are up to right now? Yeah, like, you're right. Why not give him a daffodil? Hang on, the guy's speeding off in a car. Why don't you turn his tyres into murderous... Tyres? Tyres. <laughs> I was going to say something else. Like, well, what, is it, what can it do? Like, turn it into some sort of boa constrictor or something. But, but it I mean, be yeah. terrible as tyres. Like, they won't be able to kill anyone. No, no. They could, like, squeeze around him and then just, like, you know... He'd be, like, cosplaying as the... You'd just shoot him. They have guns. Yeah, there you go! <laughs> Much better! Way better. Again, so my, my, we're gonna have to coin this, uh, we're gonna have to come up with some, you know, the whole why don't they kill everyone yeah. idea. But, so, the, the two parts of their, um, their, their plan, or the master's plan, the nephew's plan, yeah. to create such a diversion. Yeah, they're just chaos, that's what he's after, right? I mean, it'd be pretty chaotic if aliens just invade. Put that one out there, don't worry, don't really need a distraction to make No, 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 no. I don't think you understand. Police, uh, fire department, Military, everyone, plastic daffodils. I mean, th- that's that's <laughs> what they're, that's the number one priority. Well, see, my, exactly. Second, my second point is, if you want to create, so you've got a handful or even more killer sofas, killer robot, killer killer plastic, you know, auton. Yeah. Just start shooting people. People will get real terrified real quick. Yeah, we had that this beard from space. That was scary as shit. Yeah. Do that again. But maybe they figured, oh, that didn't work out very well. You know, we're gonna this time we're gonna dress them up. Give them huge <laughs> heads and uh, flowers. I'm glad they did the huge head, and I'll tell you for what. Okay. <laughs> because every other instance of an auton trying to disguise itself has been fucking woeful. For example, yeah. those two policemen in the Jag that that kidnap Doc and Joe. Yeah. They turn to him, I want to see. And you look at his face. Yeah, and he's like, oh, there's something pretty conspicuous about this. And <laughs> he doesn't have eyes. <laughs> or really a mouth. And when he takes off the mask, it's a new kind of auton. It's not the, the auton that we met in Spearhead. An even scarier one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's a slightly more robotic one. Also, more yeah, yeah, got these it. are just notes. So after the firefight in the quarry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bullets won't kill them because they're plastic. Bullets Makes perfect plastic. sense. Bullets fuck up plastic. Pretty much fuck up Dude, everything. Rubber bullets. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? Why would that help? No, 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 no. Dude, have the autons fire rubber bullets at them, and the bullets are just like I'm not done killing you yet. It's still alive. Oh fuck it, this is brilliant. In my head, this is such a good episode. Oh, I see what you mean. The yeah. autons. I thought you were exactly. like firing rubber bullets at the autons. Oh, you mean like a ru- fight fire with fire, <laughs> fight rubber with rubber. <laughs> Throw your wellies at them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, carry on. But no, you see, there's this awesome stunt. I don't yeah. know who this fucking stunt man is. But oh, who falls down the thing? Who falls down the thing? And I was looking at it, like, 
That's a real dude. I rewound it. I went, that's yeah. a real dude. He yeah, 100% broke his back. That is, really? No. <laughs> so not 100%. Give or take. <laughs> well, climb down. Well, that's the neutral reason they ask climb down. Um, yeah, that was awesome. That's the best stunt I've seen in Doctor Who. In quite some time. It was really good. Yeah. What a man. I mean, we we also have the the person who's thrown off uh, a rail over a railing by the doctor towards the end, yes. which I, I only saw this once and, and it was a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like that's a stunt as well. That's not a doll that they throw over a railing. I don't think so. I don't think they could afford it. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing is about <laughs> the mannequins like, and they dolls. Spent, they spent all, all, Jimmy overspent. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> Inflatable chair. Came back with a doll. Inflatable doll. Anyway, okay. Let's go, Joe. Joe. Uh, let's retitle this. Meet Joe Grant. Oh, fuck you. Like the <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was supposed to react. <laughs> oh, I, I hate your derisive laughter. <laughs> Meet Joe Grant. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I know someone in Podcast Land chuckled. Oh, my God. The other three people that watched that movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, did you notice this? She and Pertwee are in the... Sorry to jump into a scene with her. This isn't about Joe Grant. But there's a there's a thing. I think this is the only thing I've written about her. There's a scene. They are in the caravan. The other guy goes out and blows up. Or the, the, the oh bomb blows God, up. Oh, God. You're thinking of the team where he absolutely spanks her ass. Yes. Like, absolutely... Yeah. Full hand. Exactly. Mid-cheek. Yeah. yeah. This is my note. Whoa shit, does Birdwee get so excited by the explosion that he spanks Joe Grant? Properly, properly spanks her. Yeah. This couldn't... I mean, we've had sexism on the show before. We still have some sexism. We still have some racism. This was... Like, she's not a like a, a child who's misbehaved, and this isn't some sexy whatever. This is a kid's show. In the 70s, you have replaced a competent companion, a, this a woman with a doctorate who is a, a, a very intelligent woman with agency with this one person who gets a spank on her bottom. They said it, didn't they? Yeah, they said this is the line that I, yes. I spoiled for you in the last review. Yeah. I mean, they they introduced Joe Grant as, you don't need a clever companion. You need someone who brings you vials. Beakers and Beakers. smiles and yeah. some shit. Liz was a highly qualified scientist. I want someone with the same qualifications. Nonsense. What you need, doctors, Miss Shaw herself so often remarked, is someone to pass you your test tubes and to tell you how brilliant you are. Miss Grant will fulfill that function admirably. And that's what they got. And yeah, she oh. sees every bit of that and the slightly ditzy. And she's taken hostage a couple of times. Yeah, I think so. At least yeah. twice. Well, I mean, she is the... Well, she's the... Um, what's it called? The lady in distress. No, what's it called? Damsel. Damsel in distress. There's the scene where she gets the daffodil plastic on her. Mm. By the way, did you notice that she 100% picks up the plastic thing off the table and puts it on her face? Uh, I particularly liked, again, the 70s and not really knowing too much about aerosols. We just spraying her in the face. And, like, the little mouth guard thing that she's got on her face yeah. is about to protect her. Like, my no, eyes! No, no. My <laughs> eyes! <laughs> What's her face who played Joe Grant? What is her face again? She's, she, she's famous. God damn it. Katie Manning. Sorry. Slight um, parenthesis. And, and just can we just distance ourselves from the sexism of the 70s that we just talked about? And just, can I just ask you? You've seen the sexy new Joe Grant's Naked on a Dalek photos, right? No, I haven't. Why are you nodding your head at that, Nick? Well, I was just, like, in affirmation. I was uh, supportive. Is she the worst secret agent ever? 
Well, not secret agent, whatever she is. Corbin operative. Is she? And what? So she's she's an intern. Like, so she's got like a higher up, and she's like a, you know, in units that her, her dad or something was a higher up and has got her this position. Oh, what? What is this? They say this. Yeah, yeah. This one. Oh, Bagel, I missed that. Bagel says that um, when she's like, "Why did you hire this woman?" And then actually, the doctor says Lids was, you know, a competent scientist, and this yeah. is what This seems like quite a sensitive task to give this newbie. Yeah, God, this non-extraterrestrial who works for the military. Not only works, <laughs> but knows everything in the universe. Mm. That's his time machine that he keeps trying to. <laughs> <laughs> Tried to use and fly away. Don't let him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hey, wait, hang on, sorry. Uh, tangent. Why doesn't he steal the Master's ta- TARDIS? You like the TARDIS. That's a very good answer. Yeah, no, perfect answer. <laughs> he does, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. The, the thing that, why the thing isn't back, I really need him to get that fucking TARDIS working. So. Yeah, I think it's after this season. Good. I think well, so. Well, how long is the season? Three or four more episodes. Okay, cool. Thank you. I need the TARDIS to work. Yeah, I know, me too. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Fuck off this. (laughs) This is the most boring planet. (laughs) Boring planet. (laughs) People get bored by nonsense. Like tripping on air. What the fuck are these people doing? (laughs) We are literally just sack of skin, but we're hamburgers just wandering around. (laughs) Incinerate us at any point. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, so you were saying Joe Grant. Joe Grant, um, yeah, generally speaking, like, I think she was good. I think that there's going to be a lot of it, but I think that whole sexualization, the spanking, the, yeah. the rest of it is a step backwards. I think we've, I think they did some number, they did some crunching at the BBC and thought, no one wants to see, you know. Well, given that, ladies. given that, uh, what's her face, Katie Manning also appeared or did a, a nude Dalek photo shoot. It, I'm assuming that photo came out around about the same time. Is it this? Was it like a sanctioned? Because that's I don't know. That maybe like some shit you might get fucking fired for. I bet maybe they paid. I mean, it, the BBC didn't own the rights to the Dalek. That's Terry Nation. So, I mean, I guess she can go and do whatever she wants. Yeah, but you get super fired. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, maybe she did it afterwards then. Yeah. But yeah, okay, so regardless, it's around about the same time. How long is she going to be a companion? I don't know, let's say two years max. Yeah. And then, yeah, whatever. Then then she goes and does this. This is still the same public consciousness. That much isn't going to change in two years, right? Yeah. So... Although the prior, she's a sex object compared yeah. to the prior. Compared to the prior, this is yeah, this is meh. And she was loads of yeah. She's like, she's very shit. She's too much of a damsel in distress. Yeah, lots of hostage taken. And who is the hostage? The most hostage. Who is the most like hostagey of all the Bob? Uh, no, it might have been Susan, the grandchild. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then later on as well, and you know, you know what, we, fast forward a little bit, uh, we had uh, Dildo. Dildo. Dildo was very hostage. Dildo was awful. Yeah, Dildo and Vicky as well. Though actually, Vicky, she does commit murder at one point. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, maybe Dildo. Yeah, I think probably. Probably Dildo. Fuck Dildo. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what do we think about the door? The Doctor's fantastic, as always. I like that the Doctor has to face off against a nemesis, because it changes him, the, the way that he acts on screen. It also, when we get to see the other Time Lord suddenly just materialise and talk to him. That was weird. It's very weird, yeah. We absolutely have to talk about that. But but I, I find that the Doctor changes a little bit every time that he's confronted by these things. Mm. And for example, the Time Lords, effectively, they're his captors, right? I mean, they're keeping him in this cage that is the Earth. Mm. 
And, uh, yeah, no, he, he, suddenly he had that arrogance that you can associate with, oh, here's a, you know, a, a, a lifer in prison talking to a god, that sort of thing. Yeah. It was very cool. I liked I mean, it. I remember thinking, shouldn't you help? <laughs> <laughs> like, you put, you know, you, you've imprisoned this guy, great. And you're not supposed to be able to be like, oh, yeah, there's a black member in there with you. Night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah. I'm just going to float on off. Shouldn't what? we do some shit? Why is he what? in prison and not the fucking master? Why, what are you doing? What does he say? Does he just, does he say that the master escaped? Oh, escaped the prison something. or something? He stole a TARDIS as well, maybe? Something. Now look, you've come down here merely to be rude. I came you? to warn you. An old acquaintance has arrived on this planet. Huh? One of our people? The master. That jackanapes, all he ever does is cause trouble. He'll certainly try to kill you, Doctor. The tribunal thought that you ought to be made aware of your danger. How very kind of them. He definitely says, he, you know, he bids to kill. So, mm. okay, we'll help a brother out. <laughs> yeah. Holy <laughs> shit, man. Um, and where is, where is this dude just showing up, floating in midair, wearing a bowler hat? He's like, what? I assume that he's wearing that to be incognito, but you know. In- yeah, incognito, floating around. Yeah, uh, Englishmen don't float. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we walk everywhere. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I didn't get that. See, my problem with the face, and I guess it's a slow burn, and we're going to get to all the master things, and it's going to be very just, but he was a bit of an errand boy. Who, the doctor? The master. Oh, the master. I mean, the doctor, too, if you think about it. He's sort of bold and a unit. He's sort of like a, he's a bit... That's uh, this whole season, though. Yeah, sounds. exactly. Well, but in, in this season specifically, he um, throws a few tantrums, very marked tantrums at Unit. And says, oh, why haven't you got this? Oh, these guys are idiots. Well, they did just save your life. Yeah, okay, but they're idiots. You know, that sort of thing. I like that. Yeah, I, don't, I don't mind that. But then the master also is fronting someone else's invasion, which doesn't sound very masterly. No. But but as we said, he this is his first appearance. I don't think they've figured out his character yet. No. Uh, I've only, I mean, I've watched ahead a little bit, and I've encountered him one more time. And he's already, like, I mean, uh, for those of you who haven't seen Terror of the Auton, spoiler alert, the Doctor wins, but the Master gets away! So, when the, the weirdest... The stupidest way. Yeah, I mean, just give it another three minutes of airtime, and I, I bet you, you guys can think of a way to stop him. But the, uh, uh, already in the next, uh, next, well, in his, for his next appearance, he's already, like plotting his revenge. You know, it's like, oh, now, now he's my nemesis. I will make him fucking suffer. Can we talk about how he... Uh, yeah. So, the bus? <laughs> the bus? You have to talk about the diversion first. Well, the diversion of the bus is like, let's, oh, yeah. let's get everyone out there. <laughs> so they're out, they're the bus. They can't. They're doing their thing. Everyone gets stopped happy days, right? And, oh no, the master and the doctor work together to stop the nesting after the doctor goes, hey, why are you doing this? Why am I doing this? Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> and then he just, he he literally just agrees to reverse the polarity of the neutron floor, basically. He, he says they will reverse the polarity. Oh, right, they go. Yeah. Um, so all the, the autons drop, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And the, the master runs to the bus uh, and then seemingly gets out of the bus and they shoot this guy. Yeah. And then it's not the master. Yeah, he, 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 the doctor, like, just scooby-doos him and it turns uh, out it's, yeah. Um, Lower end guy. Everyone's like, see, I told you, it's like just gone down a civilian. Yeah, and and not just that. The the other known, uh, like the the criminal, the guy who just tried to enslave the entire. A human race to a, a, some plastic alien. He's literally just driving off in this van. You guys have rifles. Shoot the tires. Maybe put up a roadblock. Maybe like call your buddies and say, 
Could we just track this dude? Nothing. They do nothing. Those are very simple. I mean, this is, we're talking about the might of the British Army. Yeah. And um, this is units. I mean, they've got tons of top secret shit up their sleeve, right? So in shots, in shots, yeah. there was a Land Rover. Oh, oh, I didn't even notice that. But yeah, there you go. Jump in the goddamn Land Rover and just like it's drive just, past it. It's just a bus. It's not even a bus. It's like an ice cream truck. It's, oh. That really fucked me off. Yeah, it really did. found the bus like... He got away from you very slowly. Check harder, boy. Like, they were just <laughs> nothing. They had nothing to do. They were just like, well, it looks like he's getting away. Yeah. Still getting away. <laughs> oh, no, there he is. He stopped for, stopped for petrol. Yeah. <laughs> he's now exited the car and is waving at us. Yeah. Oh, wait, he stopped well, again. He, oh, he's getting into the car again. He got his wallet. <laughs> Is that his what? No, he's giving us the finger. Oh, he bought a scotch egg. <laughs> oh. And off he goes again. <laughs> we'll never see. We haven't seen the last of him. Yeah, I, I only wrote this about the flower plot, but it actually it, it covers the end even more so. I, I it, Much of the evil plan was reminiscent of the, that cartoon show, James Bond Jr., where every bad guy would basically do this. It's like, we're going to find a, a common household item, like a plastic daffodil. And we're going to make it murderous. <laughs> Not that common, guys. <laughs> then we're going to escape. How? We're going to Scooby-Doo a dude. <laughs> Fucking, the plastic daffodil is not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a thing. Oh, I needed it. I know. Do you like the killer phone cord? <laughs> the killer phone I cord. I loved it as well. More because, <laughs> I mean, so I like the idea and a little, like, widget you do dab and, like, the... So, who's the fucking phone dude? Is that the master? That's the master. Is it? I don't know, because, like... I don't think so. I remember thinking, who's the fucking phone dude that's doing this bidding? Is it someone that the master is trolling? And then I went, I think, I think I reread it, the plot summary on Wikipedia, or God, it's Wikipedia. Yeah. That the master sneaks in disguised as, like, Oh, really? Because that's a different dude. I don't think um, so. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Okay. It's a different guy. But in either case, Pertree's acting is amazing. Is is it? <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's wonderful. It's the same acting that he uh, um, he delivers in Spearhead from Space when he's being attacked by the the tentacle, the Nestine yeah. tentacle form thingy, and it's just like, oh my god, it's everywhere. This is amazing. Quick thing, in Babel's just plugs it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. That's great. Isn't that great? Isn't that the best? I mean, imagine that up until this point, the the master is like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have someone make. Actually, I have a plastics factory. I'm gonna manufacture a telephone with like a a cartoonishly long cord. <laughs> then I'm gonna fake the papers. I'm gonna have this delivered to the doctor. <laughs> a whistle. Excuse me, boss. <laughs> what? What is it? No, these plastic automatic Speak up, Jimmy. <laughs> It's auto-time man's we made. Yes. Don't they got their mighty powerful guns in their hands? Yes, Jerry. Your your point being. I'll just go back to my business. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this? There's no need. There's no need. Shoot him. <laughs> also, he seems. I mean, the monster. He seems pretty good at hypnotizing people. Can't he just? Can't he just hypnotize lots of other people to do more? I guess important things than design armchairs and 
And I was like, yeah, so make phone cords. The master, master hypnosis, can control people entirely and wants to be some sort of ruler of, I don't know, like this planet. Yeah. Just do. Yeah. Doesn't seem like, uh, I mean, does he have an agenda? Does he have a prior agenda with mankind or with the earth? Is there any reason why he's still... I don't think, I don't think he does. Other than, I mean, the one motive that we have kind of circumvented here is that his sole purpose is to kill the Doctor. And he can't mm. think of any straightforward ways to do it. So he's travelled to Earth specifically, because yeah. he knows the Doctor is here. Yeah. He's found the nesting thing and come up with this incredible contribution. So not only killed the Doctor, but actually, okay, I'm unraveling. So the Time Lords trap him in, on Earth because they know he, he spends most of his time and he cares about the Earth. Yeah. So the Master's plan is actually nothing to do with conquest. It's just to break the Doctor's heart. Break his heart and then fucking kill it. That's maniacal as shit. Ka-ching. Ka-ching balls. I mean, I, I think that's a great rewrite. <laughs> I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> you no, that is, that's a, a way better idea than what we actually saw on screen, I think. Yeah, that'd be maniacal. Yeah, nice one. <laughs> uh, did you like the the other romantic subplot, the B plot of uh, Joe Grant and what's his face, the the other soldier, not Benton? Because not Benton, who uh, what does he do? Oh, he oh that's what he he uses the Bunsen uh, burner, cocoa. exactly, and that's the heat that then activates the devil toy thingy. I did like that, and I liked that that was a rebellious thing, right? Like rather than trying to get a drunk or some. Something yeah. terrible. He's like, let's just have some cocoa and shit. Yeah. yeah. I learn more about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he seems like a really nice guy. By uh, the way, we've I had cocoa uh, previously on uh, Doctor Who, in Classic Who, uh, in uh, the Aztecs. They uh, love the cocoa. Yeah. The Doctor, William Hartnell, uh, accidentally got engaged to, uh, what was her name, Kamika or Kanika, because she gave him some cocoa and he was like, yeah, give me that cocoa, Beyond <laughs> Had some cocoa and she's like, now we're going to get married. And he's like, all right, sweet. <laughs> Spot on, Hartnell. Yeah. Like, if I close my eyes, he's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I've got another point. <laughs> you can probably think of a few examples. Uh, did you also think that they blue screen the weirdest things. The weirdest thing. What was with the rocket museum right at the beginning? The right at the beginning, they blue screen. So the master comes and nicks the nesting. Yeah. And there's the guards there, and they turn around and like, "Stop it, you!" And he ices them all. Turn around, and they're like rockets in the background, blue screen. It's like, why have you done this? Oh, I don't remember. That. I, did, I didn't why even notice that. Like, at all? I, I didn't notice that, but I noticed that they blue screened uh, the doctor's office on a couple of occasions. Yeah. They blue screened Mrs. Rex's kitchen. Yes. But, but yeah, I mean, but why why blue screen these things? It's like they they shot a whole bunch of stuff, and then for almost every scene or every set, they're like. We'll probably have to redo most of this. Film the room, just an empty room, <laughs> and we'll fix it afterwards. And then, like, bits of dialogue yeah. are just replaced by blue screen versions, uh, you know, uh, in post. I like that where, the way this technology is going, though. Yeah, me too. I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how this develops and, like, how they get better at using it. So. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm looking forward to all the stop motion. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've never I've never seen them. I've only seen as in I've never seen the serials, but I've seen clips uh on YouTube of for example uh, I want to say Planet of the Dinosaurs or Return of the Dinosaurs or something. It's a Pertwee one with stop-motion dinosaurs in London. It's it, sweet. Yeah, that's going to be great. Holy shit. 
<laughs> what else? Got anything else? Benton? Does Benton do much? Not really. What have I got in my notes? The assistant is named Gooch. The assistant's Gooch! Yeah. Why didn't we talk about this already? Uh, I don't remember which assistant. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's just my notes. No, Gooch at the plastic factory. Oh. No, no. Gooch at the radio tower right at the beginning. Oh, his the name's radio Gooch. radio telescope. Sexy. Um, yeah, his name's Gooch. Is like, does that not translate? Does, is that I was in like in Britain? Because I'd always known the Gooch to be your Gooch. Yeah, the Gooch, the Gooch meat. Yeah, the Gooch. Wait, did you say the Gooch meat? Yeah, that happened. That's about, really that, gross. That came up with something recently. Oh, yeah, Gooch wow. meat. Wow, it's a real thing. Is that the most tender, <laughs> tender meat? <laughs> tender meat. They're really proud. It's in the Gooch. <laughs> nice veal Gooch. <laughs> That's a, instead of saying rum now, <laughs> you have any gooch steak? <laughs> hmm, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we got that. Uh, hang on, just uh, speeding through my notes. Um, I love the doctor's red smoking jacket. Yeah. That is a beautiful would. piece of wardrobe. I've written Benton and four exclamation marks, but I don't even remember him being in this. <laughs> Benton! <laughs> Benton. <laughs> Uh, Rex is low rent gummy pierce and I've written cocaine at one point but I don't know what it refers to (laughs) (laughs) oh very first thing I've written uh, which is probably going to be the very last thing that I say (laughs) before we move into ratings anyway uh, unless you've got anything else in the intro theme sequence it reverses perfectly in sync on the last (laughs) before the episode (laughs) they got it right in 1970, that's all I'm saying. Ratings? <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 la. Ratings. Very, very short, very, very sweet. Uh, I had already written my rating back then when I watched this a couple of weeks ago uh, because the plot makes no sense, because it is quite childish. And even though much of this is, uh, I think you said this either at the start of this recording or before you press record, that it is, it sort of echoes what Doctor Who is and should be or whatever. I think you're right, but I think it is too childish. And the only thing that brings this up for me is the fact that we get the Master for the first time, and he's amazing. But unfortunately, this serial, from me, gets no more than a 2.0. Ooh, scathing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to abandon my usual stance of the, oh. the, you know, the resuming of disbelief, as it were, and the giant fucking plot holes, and all the, the, the sex and the races and the problems yeah. that, with, that lit to this. Because it just gave me a feel. And I watched it, and I watched every scene of it. It made me feel this is a Doctor Who show. You know, every still, every scene, or mm. the music. Oh man, the music! Um, and the oh, I don't even remember the music. This is like play? random bits of like incredible sci-fi noises and stuff. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. Shot where you know the colours were very vivid. The the, the master is fucking maniacal. The autons are scary as shit. It just made it feel like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I'll come to regret. Review, I'm sure, this rating as we as we venture forth into yet more iconic poetry and beyond and bake. Um, but I'm going to give three points. Wow, huge! Uh, I feel like that's the that's the rating level where we normally ambulate. We're always between three point five and four. Uh, four fours are when when the you know when the when your balls tingle. Uh, Why this made my balls tingle? All of Doctor Who makes my balls tingle. Okay, you're a special case. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't get that checked out. <laughs> um, Question: If this had been a longer serial, would you have? Uh, no. No. 
So do you think brevity is sort of the game for you? Do you do you feel like if, if you have a short serial, you're going to rate it high? No, I don't, I don't. I mean, perhaps because we've just come off a string of them. Yeah, that's true. Um, and they were really clearly non-game. Yeah. There are serials that I think could use some expansion. Yeah. Could, could do with a little. Sure. Um, so maybe, but yeah, actually, I'm, I'm a fan of brevity in all expression. Bing bong, future pumpkin here again. Hello, hello. Here we go. Some listener minis. We received three listener minis for this one, uh, going through them in chronological order. First off, we have one from Paul Forber. Paul! Hello, Paul. Thank you very much for sending this in. Paul has, as he is wont to do, sent in a magnificently written uh, review, uh, which largely comprises a synopsis of the serial, in this case, Terror of the Autons. So for those of you who aren't as familiar with the show as, as you may wish to be, we wholeheartedly suggest that you go to whobackwhen.com and read Paul's review in its full splendor. In the meantime, I'm going to read out the beginning of it, which is review-tastic. Uh, just to whet your appetites. Here we go. Paul says, Producer Barry Letts put his stamp on Doctor Who in the show's eighth season. He issued units, paramilitary investigators whom the Doctor advised, better-looking uniforms his team designed after consulting the British military. He also gave their leader, Brigadier Lethbridge-Stewart, a right-hand man, Captain Yates, and the Doctor a pretty new assistant. Joe Grant burst into the Doctor's life and lab, ruining a delicate experiment as leggy, brainy Liz Shaw, his former aide, never would have. The Brigadier explained Joe's role to pass you test tubes and tell you how brilliant you are. Together with script editor Terence Dix, let's envisioned a Moriarty to the Doctor's Holmes and writer Robert Holmes gave them and us the devilish-looking master, whose scenes often included a musical tag. Well, I hope that your uh, appetites are significantly whetted now. <laughs> As I said, go to whobackone.com, click on the Terror of the Autons episode, and scroll all the way down, where you will find Paul's magnificent review. You can also high-five Paul online and tell him what a splendid chap he is. He is at WordsmithPaul. Thank you again, Paul. Next up, we have... S-Gamer 82, Steven, 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 Steven. Hello, Steven. <laughs> Long time no see. Here we go. Steven says, Where you guys were seduced by Inferno, my love goes to Terror of the Autons. One reason is that Joe Grant is one of my favorite classic companions, alongside Trout and Zoe and McCoy's Ace. While I'm not sure how much you'll like Joe's debut story, I will, without spoiling, recommend you keep this episode in mind when you reach The Curse of Peladon and Frontier in Space. Okay. Uh, done. I will keep that in mind. Stephen goes on, This story is also the debut of the Master. While the Daleks may be the Doctor's arch-nemesis, I've always had a preference for the kind of one-on-one -on -one conflict enemies like the Master bring. And bring he does, as in this one serial, his murder spree racks up a kill count that feels like it rivals just about every foe before him, except the aforementioned Daleks. My single biggest criticism in the episode is the utter cop-out that is the Master aborting his own plan, because he only then realizes the Nestine has no reason to uphold its bargain with him. I will confess that there's more than one resolution to a serial I genuinely cannot remember, so the fact that this stood out even before I rewatched it should give an idea of my annoyance with it. Yeah, hear, hear, Stephen. <laughs> my final score, Stephen concludes, for Terror of the Autons is 3.9. Love the master. 
love Joe, hate the resolution. Finally, I'm curious to hear what you call the Auton flower vendors, because the only thing that they made me think of was Hervé Villages. <laughs> Sidekick on Fantastic Island. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it feels like, actually, the resemblance is uncanny. Yeah, you're right. I hope I'm not being offensive there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I get it. I, I definitely see where you're coming from. Uh, Stephen, Fantastic Mini, thank you very much for sending that in. 3.9. Oh, God. I really regret my score. I don't know if it made the recording, but I did actually, on the record with Nick, change my uh, score from a... I want to say I started off on a 2.0. I, I changed it to a 2.5, and, and you know what? Uh, that's or that's still too low. I'm, oh, I hate myself for doing this, but I'm going to bump it up even further. I'm going to bump it up to a, a solid 3.0. Done. Done. I might as well, since I'm retconning myself. Thank you very much for your mini Stephen. Ladies and gentlemen of podcast land who are not Stephen... You may follow Stephen online. He is at sgamer82. That is 82, the number. Next up, we have Erin. Erin Zimmerman, Dr. Z. Hello, Erin. Who says, and I quote, Hey, future punkin. Hello, Erin. I'll be quick. Mostly, I just want to say that this is my all-time favorite classic Who serial. Holy smokes. Okay. <laughs> We're starting on that level. All right. I, I'm, okay, I'm with you. Erin goes on. There's just so much to love here. The beginning of the Delgado run as the best ever incarnation of the Master. The start of the awesome supporting crew of Bagels, Joe, Benson, and Yates. And a classically convoluted Master scheme with people getting killed by a fantastic variety of plastic objects. And lots of time hanging out in the Doctor's unit laboratory, which I would kill to have as a workplace. I give it a fangirly and unapologetic 5.0. Whoa! <laughs> I should have uh, I should have known that that's where you were heading with this. Wow, five point oh. All right, I see what you're saying with Delgado, and yeah, obviously Bagels is great. Bagels is always great. Bagels and Co. I should say, but yeah, Delgado making his first appearance definitely deserves a, a, an additional standing ovation. Still five point oh. With the, the, the flowers and the huge heads and the the autons. Yeah, okay, all right, you know, each to their own. Aaron goes on with some random thoughts. Here are some bullet points. Time Lord John Steed at the beginning made me wish for a Doctor Who Avengers crossover in the worst way. Bullet point number two. I saw this in a rerun once as a child and the daffodil carriers gave me nightmares. Uh, number three. Bagels with his dry wit and stupid phone pun was in top form here. <gasps> I forgot about the phone button. Awesome. Uh, sound bite that. You all right, Doctor? Yes, more or less. Afraid I cut your connection. Oh, very amusing. Ka-ching. Uh, and lastly, how is someone as determined as the Master that easily dissuaded from his plan? Could the Doctor not have had his, this little talk with him earlier? Yeah. Uh... Good point. I feel like that might be the kind of thing that uh, sort of that might subtract from a fully rounded 5.0 score, but <laughs> who am I to judge? Uh, yeah, uh, agreed. Erin, thank you so much for sending in your mini, ladies and gentlemen of Podcast Land. You can high five Erin online. She is at Dr. Z. That's Z with two D's. Thanks, Erin. Okie dokie. 
rather than go back to the show, I'm going to future conclude it here and say thank you very much for listening. Sorry again for the lacking audio quality earlier on. You can follow us on Twitter. Nick is at Nickalaley. I am at Ponken. You know how to spell that. Next up, we have another new Who review, namely of The Stolen Earth. Holy smokes, that is uh, part one of the double feature, also comprising Journey's End. After that, we're going to be dropping a classic Who review, namely of The Mind of Evil. <laughs> uh, I'm chuckling because I've already seen it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> That'll be an experience. Also, check out our bonus mini episodes about Oxcon 2017 or Oxcon 2. That's the Oxford Comic Con which we attended today, in fact, which is dropping alongside this review. So if this is online, then that is as well. Until the next time, thank you so much again for listening. Be rad and excellent to each other. Rock on and ciao ciao. Bye. <laughs> Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends. Don't have any friends? No problemo. Tell some strangers. Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you on Google Plus? Then find us on Google Plus. That's plus who back when. And when you do, tell us why you're on Google Plus. Who Back When just got its very own Twitter account, no lie, so give us a follow. You guessed it, that's at Who Back When, all in one word. Check us out on SoundCloud, vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can leave a comment, submit a review of your own, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. Not only would it make us super chuffed, and it really, really would, but as thanks, we will transmigrate your iTunes nom de plume into the credit list of trailers for fake Doctor Who audiobooks produced by Who Back When. Have a poke around our bonus episodes to make more sense of that. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next classic Who review, new Who review, or <laughs> still funny audio Who review. Cha ciao. Who back when?